ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, welcome to the Legacy of Legends podcast with your host, uh, Bosking Chase Carter. Thank you guys for joining us. How's everybody doing today? Thank you all for joining. And today, we're honored and privileged to yet again talk about another great legend. And at this time, it is time to welcome back the one and only Mr. Hillbilly Bob Joe. Well, it's about damn time you gave me a proper introduction, you yellow bastard, you. Great to have you back, Mr. Bob. And today, we're here to talk about the one and only, the cerebral assassin, the king of kings, the game, Triple H. What is it like for you, Mr. Bob, growing up, watching Triple H? Well, for me, watching the cerebral assassin, the king of kings, one of the best heels of all time. A guy who actually raced a bar in entertainment. And absolutely, later on, married uh, the wife. Now, as a beautiful wife, Stephanie McMahon, married the boss's daughter. And anytime you can marry a boss's daughter, that submits your legacy for sure. And now, look at uh, Triple H now. He's at the top of the gravy train, by God. He's uh, the CEO, by God. And now, uh, now ladies and gentlemen, it's only a matter of time before he becomes the man, the owner of WWE. That's what I think is probably going to happen for him. But anyway, I think the King of Kings lived a phenomenal career. No one can forget the degeneration that he performed, Degeneration X, with Shawn Michaels, X-Pac, Road Dog, Jesse James, by God, Billy Gunn, they and China, by God, you can't forget China. They had the best faction of all time. The fans loved it. And then you got something else that Triple H got started, which was... Uh, a lot of great fun that Triple H did back in that time. He absolutely gave us the time of our life. And I tell you what, he is absolutely the best uh, superstar that we've ever seen. No one brought out the most intensity that we've ever seen in Triple H. And Triple H brought it out every time he came out, boss. All right, well, we're here to talk all about Triple H. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the mind-blowing facts about Triple H that y'all fans may not not, not to know about. I want to thank y'all again for joining. Share this live stream on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, and some of the mind-blowing facts that we have here. Looks like it turns out uh, not everything see, seems as it seems here. Looks like an infamous uh, Arkansas hog pin match Apparently, wasn't a punishment for Triple H involved in the Madison Square Garden uh, curtain call incident. The ridiculous uh, fight, which saw Triple H go under against uh, Henry O'Godwin and made the two battle to uh, throw uh, to each other into the mud field with a uh, mud shift uh, pig pen. And it says, uh, while some thought it was a punishment, it turns out the match uh, came to a full six months uh, before Madison Square Garden. Your thoughts on that, Mr. Hillbot? Well, it seems like these fans thought that they were really getting something spectacular to find out that that it, would, uh, it was a, what, six months before Madison Square Garden. Don't surprise me. But they were all covered in hog pen uh, shit. And I met everybody laughing their ass off and thought it was funnier now. If I saw you come in, boss, looking like that, covering your shit, my God. I would run the absolutely run the other way, by God. It was a great time, I'm sure, for their fans in Madison Square Garden. And also it says here, it says, if uh, he had a, his way, 
John Cena as his wouldn't-be a star he is now. Back in Cena's early days in the upper brass at the WWE, didn't appreciate Cena's effort in the ring or as a character. Cena has a publicly mentioned Triple H, desire to see him fired, and Triple H has admitted it in a few DVDs calling the, the younger Cena terrible. Your thoughts on that, Mr. Hillbop? It's obvious that, you know, Triple H really does hate John Cena, and uh, if he had his way, John Cena would not be there. Don't surprise me. They have two egos. They have, uh, and obviously Triple H looking on that from the business point of view in his younger part of his career, John Cena was not the best superstar in the ring, and Triple H noticed that, and he wanted him gone, by God. Also, ladies and gentlemen, it says, speaking of uh, people who wanted to uh, fire, looks like Triple H also uh, didn't uh, have any love uh, for Edge. Uh, apparently, after a cheating scandal between Edge and Lita, who has, uh, with uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Triple H has believed Edge should get a boot of a betraying Hardy. And it says, in the end, Triple H was overruled and Hardy ended up being uh, let go. Your thoughts on that? Well, it don't surprise me yet again. I mean, uh, there's a lot of problems that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And these are just some of the facts that these fans are finding out here. And as uh, so he uh, once lost WrestleMania 100 seconds, and WrestleMania 12 saw Triple H getting uh, inhaled uh, by the Warrior, who uh, finished a match uh, pinning Triple H by resting his knees on his chest. Triple H uh, tried to uh, put up a fight, uh, hitting Warrior with a few punches and then a pedigree, but Warrior uh, clothesline, uh, Gorilla press, slam, and uh, looks like splashed the uh, back, caused him to lose uh, within uh, less than two minutes. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, that back then, you know, Triple H and Warrior really had uh, one of the most uh, interesting feuds. I mean, uh, you know, you got superhero like Walter Warrior. Triple H was the cerebral assassin, the king of kings, and a guy who's going to have to go out there and slay the dragon, so to speak. And, and that's what Triple H did when he delivered that gorilla press slam, by God. <laughs> also, it says, it says, for a man who has had so much uh, to say about Edge and Lita getting together. Looks like behind uh, Matt Hardy's back, it looks like Triple H uh, certainly doesn't seem to uh, practice what he preaches. His uh, relationship with uh, Stephanie McMahon might have started a, a romance. This is a plot for WWE, but the almost, it looks like, sweet turn of events. The two actually fell in love and eventually became wed in real life. Unfortunately for the both of them, their romance interest has started to blossom while uh, Triple H was involved with a very public relationship with a valid partner, China. China apparently found out about the uh, pairing after uh, finding a love letter from McMahon to Triple H, and though the pair are, as they still together, so as at least it, it was a real love. Your thoughts on that? Well, anytime that you find your real love, and, uh, you know, luckily for Triple H, you found the, the gold mine of real love by a guy. What I mean by the gold mine of real love is he, when he got with Stephanie, now he's at the top of the gravy train. And, I, you know, a lot of people probably, uh, you know, criticized him about dating Stephanie because, you know, that's uh, 
Vince McMahon's daughter, for crying out loud, and everybody sees that, and they're like, Triple H, you got with her, because you're, you're, you're uh, wanting to be at the top of the gravy train. Well, that, uh, well, a lot of people may think that, but uh, he just found out that Stephanie and Triple H really had a lot of things in common, and they really loved each other, and when you have a real love like that, like they did, and uh, it's hard to find real love, as we all know, folks. And uh, that's what Triple H and Stephanie found in each other. They found something that they could find. But a real interesting note there is that, you know, Triple H did have a little thing going on the side with China back then. And, you know, uh, you do feel bad for China because I'm sure China probably had some kind of feelings for Triple H at that time as well. Yeah, well, as we move on here, Triple H uh, has a lot of... Uh, this uh, Dan to spread around, and as along with Edge and Cena, Triple H apparently uh, can't stand The Rock, and it says, yes, one of the nicest guys in the show, Fitness, apparently gets no love from Triple H. In real life feud, the uh, pair uh, came out after, uh, looks like Johnson, left the WWE and has began with his career in the feature films. Triple H uh, took to a few swipes at the Rocks uh, during the promos and saying he had uh, been offered roles but turned them down to stay or chew to wrestling. While The Rock is now the highest uh, paid actor in the world, so maybe he's a gamble paid off. Your thoughts on that, uh, Mr. Bob? Well, it's obvious, you know, when Rock went to Hollywood, he became a, a, a guy who was more Hollywood and it really changed the character of The Rock and, you know, I can understand why Triple H and The Rock had a lot of problems there. Two eagles clashing, you know, and Rock was one of them kind of guys, outspoken guys. Triple H a very outspoken guy, as you can see by these facts here we're reading now. And it says, sure, that Triple H uh, has gone uh, by several names. But uh, normally it looks like involved uh, being uh, struck with the real chuckler. Uh, back in 1995, apparently Vince McMahon wanted to uh, stick Triple H with the uh, marker uh, name back at the Helmsley. And this kind of game name uh, that doesn't allow you to have really any uh, cool or interesting uh, the takes that leave a new wrestler struggling to get anywhere. And uh, another interesting fact here we got, despite the title Triple H... As far as uh, being at a wrestle uh, cast here, Link, back in 2001, Triple H uh, took part of a wrestling theme episode as a popular reality show, and up against Kurt Angle, Booker T, Lita, William Regal, Big Show, Trish Stratus, and Mr. and Mrs. Triple H went head-to-head in the finale, with Triple H winning it all. And your thoughts on that, Mr. Bob? Well, you know, that, you know, the game show thing, you know, they think that that's going to, you know, really help them. And then it does, you know, get the ballistic and all that. But, you know, let's get back to what wrestling is all about. You know, and you wonder about, you know, all these interesting facts we're finding out about Triple H. And the facts that you're finding out, there's a lot of not-so-good not facts about Triple H as well. It's like according to uh, Melser's scale here, Triple H is officially... Uh, better than The Undertaker. So the Undertaker has had 21 matches. Meltzer has rated, looks like, four or, or higher, uh, whereas uh, Triple H had uh, 25 uh, Meltzer's rated to four of the better. Out of those 25, it says four of them are rated as amazing 4.75 on the Meltzer scale. 
adding even more in his statement. And then uh, Undertaker has uh, been in wrestling, whopping eight years longer than Triple H, meaning that Triple H has uh, achieved more than last time. Your thoughts on that, Mr. Hillock? Well, obviously, the, the uh, Triple H is uh, absolutely the best ring superstar we've ever seen. And Owen, like I said, he brings the attention every time he comes out there, boss. And it doesn't surprise me by these facts we're reading now. As we've heard a lot of uh, a Triple H, despite uh, the distaste of her people, as if there is uh, like something that someone is, uh, actually likes, Triple H is uh, actually pretty good friends with a boxing great uh, Floyd Money Mayweather. And uh, he has spoken about the, uh, the admiration nation that he has for Mayweather and even part of the group that uh, walked alongside Mayweather on his way to the ring. Uh, your thoughts on that, Mr. Bob? Well, it's uh, really nice that uh, Triple H does have some friends out there. And a lot of people say Triple H probably don't have any friends out there because he, he seems like he don't like anybody. Well, apparently he likes Mayweather, and that's, you know, that's nice that he likes somebody out there. <laughs> Looks like back in 1995, Triple H uh, turned down a big uh, altercation, a promise. Uh, looks like an opportunity for a world championship wrestling had offered Triple H a $250,000 contract. Looks like instead of uh, operating as a sign with the WWF, the WWF, the chance to become their uh, new superstar. His move apparently uh, upset Macho Man, Randy Savage, who uh, wanted to go up against Hunter and beat him for the up uh, Paul in 30 seconds. Uh, your thoughts on that, Mr. Hillbot? Well, that's another interesting uh, fact you're finding out there, boss, and I know the Macho Man, he wanted to uh, face Triple H at this time, and I think the fans would have loved to see it. Along for all the wrestling, looks like uh, glories and stories, Triple H is also, looks like, uh, done this back in 2014, and he and his wife, Stephen McMahon, created a fun name, Connor Stewart, in honoring the young uh, fan who had uh, died at the age of eight years old due to cancer. Looks like Connor uh, also is... Uh, uh, introduced into, inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame and also awarded in 2015 with the Warrior Award. And uh, Connor Schur is a fund that supports pet, uh, this cancer research. So that is still going on today. Uh, we wish him all the best and a uh, very sad story there. All right, uh, your thoughts on that, Mr. Hillbob? Well, my thoughts on that is uh, that's a really touchy story and, you know, uh, Glad that they're doing something nice, you know, there. And uh, and all these facts you're finding out about Triple H. Triple H, uh, and you can see that he obviously had some kind of ego problem or he was had a big head on himself. But, you know, Triple H was the kind of guy, I mean, he really became what he uh, set, out, set out to be. That's a reverse assassin. And he kind of lived that lifestyle. And uh, these were these actions that we saw in the ring. This is exactly what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a cerebral assassin, the king of kings, Triple H. And Triple H, he give a rat's ass about you. He beats you to a bloody pup and then leave you there in the puddle of your blood. That's exactly how Triple H was. Well, I hope everybody's enjoying this. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk some more stuff about Triple H here and talk about some of his best feuds. And uh, we're going to be also uh, talking about when do you think Triple H will be inducted in the Hall of Fame as well? We're going to talk about that here as well. And uh, so much more. So thank you all for joining. Share this live stream. 
on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And also, ladies, you haven't checked out our Facebook page. We are the WWE All Results page on Facebook. We got 503k thousand likes on there. Make sure you follow us on there as well. And we really enjoy doing this for you fans. We also want everybody to get ready for WrestleMania. We'll be bringing you WrestleMania Live on the LimeStar app and the LimeMe app. Download the LimeStar and the LimeMe app right now. And ladies and gentlemen, search up Boss King 77. That's Boss King 77. We'll be bringing you WrestleMania and a WrestleMania concert. Three-hour WrestleMania concert. That'll be happening. Uh, we don't know for sure the specific time just yet. But it will be a three-hour concert, and we will let you know when we know more. All right, let's go over some more stuff here on Triple H. We're going to talk all about Triple H today. This is his podcast, and he truly embarked on a career and gave us everything. Triple H uh, began, uh, looks like, surfacing uh, his body and resembled his wrestling heroes at the age of 14. His dedication uh, showed at a young age uh, when he was a crowned teenager at Mr. New Hampshire's at 19 years old in 1998. It says, but this was the only beginning of the young uh, Paul Triple H at a young age. Fact number two we got. He began his wrestling career training the WWE Hall of Famer. Looks like Killer, uh, uh, who uh, said Triple H was the natural and uh, mentioned him. And uh, as a promoter, he has uh, pushed Triple H in his wrestling league in the International Wrestling Federation there. Also, it says, uh, however, the name that uh, started uh, with the uh, kind lame looks like uh, the killer suggested that the name, the terrorist, uh, also said through the young uh, Triple H, uh, looks like he felt he should have a full name, and so they turned it into the Terra Rezing. Rising. Also, it said in number four, we got, for the fact number four, we got on Triple H. He mentioned that Triple H moved on to WCW with his uh, Terra Rising Personoa, which uh, changed into Jim Paul. Uh, and also, after a year, mentally success there. And it's also offered as an incredible contract for $250,000, and he turned it down in order to move to WWE. Alright, and uh, we'll see if we have anything else here we're going to talk about. I want to get your thoughts on that, Mr. Hillwop. Well, you got some interesting facts here on Triple H. Triple H truly gave us uh, one hell of a show, and these fans really enjoyed watching him in action. And uh, he actually, to me, had the it factor, boss. He had the look, he had the charisma, he had the style. He had everything that you'd want in a freaking superstar. And uh, these fans really, really uh, enjoyed watching Triple H in action. And I really enjoy uh, talking about uh, Triple H here as well. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you all for joining us today. And uh, we're, I tell you, I want to know your thoughts, uh, Mr. Bob. Uh, what was some of your favorite feuds by Triple H? Well, it had to be against HPK Shawn Michaels. To me, them two uh, absolutely gave us everything and then some. It was the most compelling uh, entertainment out there. And these fans really, really, uh, really enjoyed watching Shawn Michaels and Triple H go out after me. It was fun watching them go on at uh, Bad Blood uh, 2003. I believe that's the night it happened. When Triple H and Shawn Michaels took it out there and they 
they were both covered in blood, boss. They were just absolutely dripping in blood. And it's a night that uh, no one will ever forget. And on that night, ladies and gentlemen, you thought that this was, they, they really, really hated each other. They really did. They really did. There was a eagle, you know, they were best friends. And you know how best friends were turned into best enemies. And uh, a lot of these fans, you know, didn't want to see these two go at it. And at the same time, uh, you know, you got emotionally involved in a match like that, boss. And when you get emotionally involved in a match, it makes that match feel more realistic. And uh, they really did raise the bar in that Hell in a Cell match, in a match that I don't, I don't think anybody will ever, ever forget that night. It was truly uh, the most shockingest night I've ever uh, recalled, boss. All right, we're going to talk some more about uh, the one and only Triple H here. And we're going to talk about his top ten feuds right now. Uh, his top ten feuds that he had. Uh, number one we got on the list was Versus The Rock. That was uh, in 2000. That was at uh, Judgment Day, it looks like. Uh, your thoughts on that feud? What was that like feud for you watching uh, The Rock and Triple H go at it? Again, these two uh, brought the... Uh, Absolutely charisma character that absolutely I really enjoyed watching The Rock and Triple H. They would both talk trash to each other. But when that bell sound, they really did live it up to the bar. And these fans were really enjoyed, enjoyed a match like this. Especially when you have a guy, that it, two guys that don't like each other. Two guys that absolutely come out there and were good on the mic. And guys that could absolutely deliver. Triple H, a great submissionist wrestler as well. So you really didn't know exactly what you were going to uh, get on that night. But one thing about it, it was going to be fun. And uh, I really think the fans really enjoyed it. Also, another feud that uh, Triple H has at number two was against Mick Foley at the Royal Rumble in 2000. What was that like for you watching Mick Foley and Triple H go at it? Well, Triple H actually, oh, I mean, he's actually beat the living hell out of Mick Foley. Mick Foley, you can do whatever you want to do with Mick Foley. Park a car on that guy, and I'm sure that guy would find a way to uh, to get back into the ring in a match. I don't know. This guy is amazing. And uh, it's like Mick Foley was like the Terminator. You thought you had him down. You, you beat him to a bloody pot. And it just seems like, you know, Mick Foley was an invisible man out there or a guy that was indestructible. And that's what everybody thought they were seeing when they saw Mick Foley and Triple H going out there. Uh, they really realized that this Mick Foley, he's a real force to be reckoned with. Triple H brought it to him, and Triple H uh, was very successful and in his instruction. But you can see Mick Foley never gave up. Also, ladies and gentlemen, number three we got was against Dave Batista at Vengeance in 2005. What was that like uh, for you, Mr. Bob? Batista and Triple H. These two guys literally hated each other, and uh, they really, really set the bar for uh, us fans and uh, entertainment value. And uh, you got the animal Batista, a guy who absolutely is like is like an animal, just like what they said he is, like an animal, like a savage beast. And a really interesting point there is whenever you lock an animal up into an elimination chamber and you can see that's not a very good idea to keep an animal locked up in a cage. And uh, Batista brought... That intensity, Triple H brought that intensity, and you know, when two superstars could bring the intensity that these guys did, you knew you were going to be in 
for one hell of a ride. It's going to be fun. And Lisa will come out and deliver that Patisa bod. Triple H will give you the pedigree. Both had the best uh, finishers, I think. And uh, absolutely, Batista had that spear as well. And to me, I think Batista really gave the fans the best show possible when he hit the spear. I tell you what, he was going there for, to kill your ass. And I tell you what, I, I, if Batista was still in his prime and Triple H was still in his prime, I would pay a lot of money, a lot of money, hard-earned money, to see them go at it again. That's how fun it was to watch them two go at it, boss. All right, let's talk about another one. Number four we got on the list is against HBK, and this was at Survivor Series in 2002. What was it like for you watching HBK and Triple H go at it? Well, we talked a little a little bit about one of my favorite matches from uh, HBK and Triple H at the at the Bad Blood pay per view. I really enjoyed that pay per view. I wish it would have been whenever I got rid of that pay per view. But it really interesting to see them go at it Survivor Series on on one of the most biggest pay per views of the night. And it ne they never did let us down. They absolutely raised the bar every time they got in there. HBK was a guy that could actually get on, on the top of the rope and a high flyer superstar that could deliver. And you could see that, you know, these guys were really, really best friends in real life. And, you know, it must have been really hard for HBK and Triple H to compete against each other because you're, you're absolutely destroying your best friend. But you could see at the same time at the end of the day, that Triple H and Shawn Michaels had ego problems. And you know how it is, you get frustrated with your best friend, you love your best friend, but at the end of the day, you get frustrated with your best friend. And sometimes you need to let them frustrations out, and that's what they got to do. A lot of times, when they went up against each other, they got to let that anger out, and uh, and then they you know, went on about their day and became uh, best friends again. Also, let's talk about Number uh, five we got on the list versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. What was it like for you watching Triple H and Daniel Bryan go at it at WrestleMania 30? Well, that was actually one of my favorite matches, and that was the night that Daniel Bryan became champion. And uh, you could hear the yes chants erupting all over WrestleMania that night. It was a glorious night if you was a Daniel Bryan fan. If you was a King of Kings, three-point session game Triple H fan, it was a horrible night. Uh... But on that night, Triple H yet again gave us a one of his best performances of the night. And I applaud him on that match. I applaud Daniel Bryan on that match. He had the authority figure going up against, you know, the B-plus players. What they considered Daniel Bryan was. And to me, it was really one of the best feuds that they had to offer for the fans. But and in the, end, in the end, they let the good guy beat the bad guy. That's pretty much what happens at WrestleMania. They let the good guy beat the bad guy. And shortly after that, you know, Daniel Bryan's career slowly ended, you know. But I think these fans really, really love that match because they, you know, fans, as fans, us as fans watching, either they have someone that's an evil, corrupt uh, authority like we had running there in WWE. They wanted that to be taken out. And now when uh, Daniel Bryan started the yes movement, the yes chance, it was like the fans were all banding together with Daniel Bryan. And when they all banded together, it was like Triple H was not only just taking on Daniel Bryan, but he was taking on all of us, the WWE Universe. And we became, it's like Daniel Bryan gave the power back to us. And when you have the WWE Universe and Daniel Bryan all working together, the authority crumbled to the ground like a freaking castle 
coming to the ground, my God. That's why I thought that was really a great night. Also, uh, let's talk about another one. Against number six on our list, The Undertaker at WrestleMania 28. What was that like for you, Mr. Rabat? Well, it was a really good night. And uh, really on the night where, you know, you were thinking that this could possibly be the night. Undertaker losing the streak. Career is going to uh, come to an end. And uh, Triple H and Undertaker gave us everything. By God, Triple H gave the Undertaker everything he had in his fiber body. You know, I think uh, on one of them nights occasion, Shawn Michaels was the referee. And, you know, Shawn Michaels comes out. He super kicks the Undertaker. Kind of helps his friend out. And everybody thought, well, that's going to be it. Triple H is going to win at the aid of Shawn Michaels. And somehow the Undertaker was able to kick out. And I believe that on that night, he was on at the Hell in the Cell match. And anytime you have a Hell in the Cell match, you're going to see some blood. You're going to see some carnage. And that's what these two guys did. They was absolutely a car wreck collision course. And these fans really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed watching it. And I tell you what, I think that is one of the matches, boss, that these fans are still going to go back to the WWE Network and rewatch again. And if you haven't seen it, folks, I recommend you go to the WWE Network and watch it. Because it truly is one of the best matches. And I think that at, uh, from 10 years, 20 years down the road, even 30, even longer than that, I think we're still going to go back and talk about that night. Because it was truly a fun, fun, fun night. All right. Let's talk about another one here. Uh, number seven on our list, we had Stone Cold Steve Austin, NWO, 2001. What was that? Uh, no Way Out, 2001. What was that like for you, Mr. Love? Well, uh, you know, the Texas Rattlesnake's a badass. Triple H is a badass. When you got two badasses going out in the ring, you knew it was going to be fun. And Stone Cold seemed like he always had some kind of comeback, smart aleck remark. Triple H did not like it. And they went to war. And uh, it was a lot of fun when you got to watch them two go at it. And especially at a big pay-per-view night like that was night back then in 2001. It really raised the bar. And it was really interesting to see what Stone Cold was going to do next. What Triple H was going to do next. And these bands probably couldn't take their eyes off the match because they really realized that they were going to have the best time of their life. And that's what Triple H and Triple H did. They raised a bar in entertainment. And it's going to be a night that I think somewhere down the line, we're going to go back and recall that match again, boss, because it was that damn good. Another one we got on list is number eight versus Randy Orton. And this was at uh, No Mercy in 2007. What was that like for you, Mr. Bob? Well, you know, these are two guys that were basically working together in that uh, legacy that they started there together. And uh, it was really a lot of fun to watch them go at it, you know. And Triple H is the guy who's the one that put it all together. And basically, he's the one taking out Randy Orton. And Randy Orton is a guy that you cannot trust in the ring. He's very quick, agile, Triple H, same way. But one thing about Randy Orton, he never knew when that RKO was going to happen out of nowhere. Could have happened off the top of the roof. Could have happened on the outside of the ring. Triple H, I mean, uh, Randy Orton, my bad, was absolutely one of the best superstars I think Triple H has ever faced. And I think these fans are going to go back and want to watch that again. And even on this list that you got here, boss, I think these all these fans, the matches that you're mentioning here, these fans all need to go back and watch these matches again because they truly are uh, freaking awesome. Another match we got on the list is number nine versus Seth Rollins. And this happened at WrestleMania 33. What was it like for you watching Seth Rollins and Triple H go at it? Well, it was actually a really personal vendetta between these two guys. 
And at that particular time, you know, Seth Rollins was dealing with an injury, so they made it a no-sanctioned match. And you knew this was going to be a really compelling match. It had a good, strong build, a great story behind it. And uh, these fans really, really enjoyed it. And it was, once again, Triple H building up, you know, letting Seth Rollins go on top, become victorious again. The fans really loved it. Uh, if you're a Triple H fan, you probably didn't like it. But at the end of the day, you could say that Triple H really <laughs> has one of the best entrances at WrestleMania of all time. That's one thing about Triple H. He always never, who remembers when he had that at a Tomb Raider entrance to Sting at WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. That, <laughs> to me, was one of the best entrants I ever recall, Triple H, and I really enjoyed that. Is that on the list on this one, boss? Didn't make the list, but we're going to talk about it, though. Uh, number 10, we got on the list, the versus against Chris Jericho. And this is happening in 2000. What was that like for you watching Chris Jericho and Triple H go at it? Well, I really enjoyed watching these two go at it again. You know, Chris Jericho, a trash talker, Triple H, trash talker. And it was a lot of fun watching these guys go at it. One thing about Chris Jericho, he's the kind of guy that uh, you really didn't know what he was going to do. But one thing about Chris Jericho, he was able to do that lion's taper and do the best submissions uh, I ever recall. I really enjoy watching Chris Jericho's work. And and he really got the crowd riled up. When Chris Jericho come out, these crowd erupted. And he always got some kind of reaction. And it was a lot of fun watching these two go at it as well, boss. All right, another one we're going to talk about is the Icon Sting. What was it like for you? That's not on the list, but we're going to talk about it. What was it like for you watching Triple H and Sting go out at WrestleMania, Mr. Hillbob? Well, it was a once-in-a-lifetime match, boss. We really, you know, never thought that we would have had this match. It's a dream match for the fans, and we got to see it happen. And on that night, we saw a reunion with the NWO, and uh, superstars coming to the aid of Sting, you know, back then. NWO was part of the WCW, so they come to the aid of Sting, and then, you know, we had DX and NWO go at it, basically, at WrestleMania in that match. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say that that ended up turning out to be the outcome of the match with that outside interference and helped Triple H win on that night, which I think, you know, they should have probably let Sting win it because Sting was so damn popular and they got him into the WWE finally and they took forever to get Sting in. But if you're a, a diehard Triple H fan, it was a glorious, phenomenal night. We saw a reunion, like I said, of the NWO and DX, and even though all the members of NWO and DX were not there on that night, it was a like a still a fun, fun night, and I think these uh, the fans are going to go back and want to watch that again and again. Uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime match. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see the match. Unfortunately, Sting, I think career is over. Come to a screeching halt, and, uh, you know, it's very sad that, you know, Sting career has come to a screeching halt, but we're still hearing that Sting is trying to put off that neck injury surgery because Stone Cold told him to wait, and uh, Sting wants a match with The Undertaker. We do know that. I don't think it's ever going to happen. So if I was uh, Sting, I would just go ahead and just do that surgery and just call your career done because I don't think Vince McMahon is going to allow us to have that match, that once-in-a-lifetime dream match. Unfortunately, uh, it's not going to ever happen, I'm afraid. All right. Well, this is a really interesting podcast, and you're bringing up some really good stuff here, uh, Mr. Bob. So thank you all uh, for joining us today. We're going to talk 
a little bit about more some more feuds here, and then we're going to talk about his Hall of Fame induction. When is that going to happen? And his role as uh, the chief board of WWE, the chief operator official. Let's talk about. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit probably about CM Punk and Triple H uh, problems there as well. Something else I will I think we need to honor or mention there. But let's talk about another feud here. What was it like for you, Mr. Bob, watching Kane and Triple H go at it? Well, that's a real interesting food you got there, boss. Uh, <clears throat> one thing about it, excuse me, the uh, Kane is actually one of the most evil, sadistic son of a bitches I've ever, we've ever recalled. A guy that would go out there and wants to set his ass on fire, set you on fire. Remember the time that Kane set good old Jay on, on fire? And that's when, you know, Triple H realizes that I'm going up against what is basically the devil. You're going up against the ring against the uh, assassinator, the demon, and the guy that's going to go out there and Triple H's assassinator as well. It was made it a compelling match. It was fun. What was it like for you to watch uh, Kurt Angle and Triple H go at it, Mr. Abbott? I really, really enjoyed watching them two go at it. You got the Olympic gold medalist. A guy that really was over with the crowd. Triple H really over with the crowd. Uh, every time, <clears throat> excuse me, when Triple H got injured and he was on the, the sideline for his uh, injury for a long period of time and he came back that time that he finally did and the roar, the roar erupt from the crowd just lets you know that they were really excited about uh, Triple H's return. And on that night, Kurt Angle come down and interrupted in his uh, return speech. It's, uh, we was all waiting to see what he's going to say. And Kurt Angle uh, uh, confronted Triple H on that night. And uh, that really started a great feud between them uh, two. And I think the fans really enjoyed watching Kurt Angle and Triple H going at it. All right, that's what we're going to talk about. What was it like for you watching uh, Ric Flair and Triple H go at it? Well, to me, watching Ric Flair and uh, Triple H go at it, I really loved it because you got the 16-time world champion. And uh, a lot of people say, well, Ric Flair's probably won a lot more championships than that. But that's all WWE gives him credit for, which is a shame and outrage. But by the way, uh, anyway, Ric Flair and Triple H really gave us everything, by God. And Ric Flair had the most, he was one of the best superstars on the mic. Triple H, good on the mic as well. Two great performers in the ring. A lot of people say Ric Flair was the greatest superstar of all time. And really, and, a lot, and arguably, he could have been the greatest superstar. I don't think, uh, you know, a lot of people say uh, there's a, Hulk Hogan might be the greatest superstar of all time or The Rock might be the greatest superstar of all time. Everybody's got their own opinion. But to me, I have to say Ric Flair would have to be at the top of the list, the top of the gravy train, if you know what I mean, as far as the best superstars in the world. Alright, I really enjoyed that as well. We're going to talk a little bit about what was it like, uh, Mr. Bob, watching the DX come together and uh, what was that like for you watching them reform and everything the first time around and then the second time around? What was it like for the first time around? Well, the first time around, it was like the Shield. When they first got together, it was awesome. It was great. It was fantastic. The fans really loved it. I really loved it. Uh, everybody loved it because they were doing all kinds of horrible things to, to Vince McMahon, blowing up things, destroying property of Vince McMahon. They really broke triple, uh, I should say, Vince McMahon down. Vince McMahon, a lot of times we saw, had a meltdown, and they really were able to get inside the head 
And you know, a lot of us will never forget the time that Vince McMahon was out there and uh, DX was in the production truck and they took over Vince McMahon's mm -hmm. uh, microphone and made all kinds of funny noises and they made fun of him. Nobody will ever forget that night. It was really a fun night. And then, you know, what happens is Vince McMahon and his son Shane comes out there and what happens is they get covered in manure. You know, Vince McMahon's like, what is this uh, stall doing out here? Next thing you know, uh, they're going to beat the holy crap out of us. Next thing you know, they get crap all over them. And <laughs> you got to be careful what you say because uh, yeah, exactly what happened to them. It was a really, really fun night. I really loved it. Uh, another one was, uh, I would say, that with uh, Triple H and Vince McMahon, when uh, Vince McMahon had his birthday party in Las Vegas, uh, I don't think anybody can re forget that one either. DX come out there and crashed his party. They brought the, the showgirls out there. They brought the circus relay out there. <laughs> then they open up the box and they got this big fat guy coming out. And uh, there's something that we all think any of us will ever forget. Well, it was really, a, really a, to me, one of the most best nights ever. And they made fun of his age. Uh, to me, I thought was that was really one of my favorite segments there as well. There are so many, you know, DX did a lot of great things over the years, and they they really helped WWE get it to where it is today. If it wasn't for DX, I don't know if WWE would still be here. DX really, really raised the bar in entertainment and made this uh, what it is today. All right, we're going to, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, next we want to talk about is uh, China and Triple H relationship there. Uh and the relationship with Stephanie McMahon, what was that like for you, Mr. Bob, uh, watching them, uh, having dating in real life? Do you think Triple H really loved China? Is the question I really want to ask you. Well, uh, you know, I really, I think they might have loved each other, but, uh, you know, uh, Triple H was also in uh, Madly in Love with Stephanie. So, you know, I think that maybe Triple H was just using China for, you know, pleasure. You know, he, he wanted uh, sex and... Uh, he, that's what China, you know, he probably used her. I think, I, that's what I think. I, I could be wrong, boss. We don't really know behind the stories and everything. All right, another thing we want to talk about is now that, you know, Triple H is now the CEO, not CEO, but the the chief leader of operating official there in WWE. Uh, what is your thoughts on that? Do you think that is really uh, best for Triple H? Or do you, would you rather see him as a superstar? Well, I think a lot of these fans would just rather see him as a superstar. I think ever since he got a haircut, he became this corporate asshole. That's pretty much the corporate authority asshole figure. And I don't think anybody likes it. But unfortunately, that's what we're going to have to live with and deal with, whether we like it or not. And, uh, you know, uh, it's obvious that, uh, you know, Triple H is still going to wrestle here and there. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, maybe Royal Rumble. Or I don't know. Probably WrestleMania would be the time they're going to use him again. Uh, this year, maybe, uh, they are, uh, he's going to be in a match. But uh, having him as that authority figure takes a big digesting for the fans because we all grew up watching Triple H with the long hair, cerebral assassin. It really uh, ruined the image for me uh, watching Triple H uh, cutting his hair and uh, looking at the authority figure now. It really was a big adjustment for a lot of us. I totally agree. Uh, let's talk about the current match at WrestleMania this year. We're going to have... Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey, and they're going to take on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Do you think that's really going to be a bar burner match for these fans? Uh, what do you think? 
I think it's going to be a dandy of a good time. I think the fans are really going to love the match, and I think these fans would have rather see The Rock and Ronda Rousey take on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. That, to me, that would have been a better uh, a reaction out of the crowd. But unfortunately, they couldn't get The Rock because The Rock has some kind of health insurance policy uh, that won't allow him to compete and blah, 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 blah. So a bunch of rigmarole, bullcrap, red tape, and unfortunately... Uh, we're not going to see the Rocket. Maybe I don't think we'll see Rocket WrestleMania. Uh, if he does, he should be over a quick appearance, and that's about it. All right. Let's talk about next. We want to talk about is uh, Triple H possibly getting inducted in the Hall of Fame. We know it's going to happen. When do you think it will happen, Mister Bob? Well, that, that's a big question right there. It's a fifty-dollar million-dollar question. I think you know Triple H has still got quite a bit of wrestling still left in him. He's in his forties still. You know, I, I think it's still going to be a wall. Uh, I think he maybe at least has five or six more WrestleMania matches left in him. Years of WrestleMania is left in him. Uh, so I think it's going to be a long time before we see Triple H in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but he's going there. No doubt about it. The question is when. Next thing I want to talk about is the other faction that Triple H made was Evolution. What was that like for you, Mr. Bob, watching that get birth? Well, it, it was really a lot of fun. I really loved it. Randy Orton brought the best uh, charisma character, Batista, Ric Flair, Triple H. You couldn't ask for a better duo right there to, to really uh, put together. And they really lived a life that a lot of us wish we could have lived. That uh, celebrity lifestyle, that living, having sex and doing drugs and sleeping all these women and, you know, partying. And uh, they lived a life that a lot of us probably wish we had, or some people may be living, but not everybody, but uh, they truly was a lot of fun to watch them go at it, and uh, I think these fans are, are still going to say that uh, that was probably one of the greatest factions we ever had in WWE. Uh, next we're going to talk about is uh, <clears throat> Triple H's theme song, Motorhead, uh, by one of the most greatest uh, singers of all time, Motorhead. Uh to me, I think that's the best theme song ever uh, by the greatest rock band of all time. And recently, we lost the lead singer of uh, Motorhead, who passed, sadly passed away. May he rest in peace. But I think Triple H has the best theme song. They created that theme song for him, made it for him. Triple H really loved it. Uh, what are you your thoughts on uh, the song, The Game, by Motorhead? Oh, I think it's the greatest uh, theme song ever. It really is. And uh, they also did the uh, theme song for Evolution as well, Motorhead. And the King of Kings uh, also by Motorhead. You know, Motorhead really did a lot for uh, Triple H's career. They really, really made, they really uh, painted a beautiful picture for us fans. And really, Triple H became that cerebral assassin with that theme song. That theme song really, really, Raised the bar in entertainment, and uh, the greatest—they're the greatest rock band of all time. You, you'd have to say Motorhead truly are because they really helped Triple H's career as, as where it is today. If it had not been for that theme song or uh, them theme songs that they, they, they gave him, Triple H may have not been as as awesome as he is. I don't know. That's it. Could be very arguable. We will never know. But uh, I think these fans at the end of the day are still going to go back and listen to that theme song. And that's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to play Triple H's theme song yet again for you guys. 
Thank you guys for joining us as we celebrated uh, Triple H's phenomenal career. I want to say thank you to the Shreveport Assassin, the King of Kings, Triple H, the game who absolutely, like you said, raised the bar in entertainment, gave us a phenomenal career, a career that none of us will ever forget. Well, next time, ladies and gentlemen, we come down here for Legacy of Legends podcast. Are you ready for this, Mr. Bob? We're going to talk about the Rated R Superstar Edge. Are you ready for that, Mr. Bob? Well, you bet your bottom dollar it's going to be a lot of fun because we're finally going to get to talk about Edge and Lita sex on Monday Night Raw. That'll be my favorite topic to talk about. The highest range ever, and I can't wait to talk about Edge. Edge had one of the best careers that uh, I think a lot of us uh, wish we could have had. Edge truly lived the life. And sadly, his career got cut short, but he had the best career. I had no complaints on his career. We only, The only complaint we had is that uh, we wish his career could have been a little, little longer. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for joining us. This is the Legacy of Legend podcast, and we'll be back on next weekend to do it all over again. I can't wait to talk about the Raiders Superstar Edge. And I will see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. Also check out our other podcast we did today, All Wrestling Results News Podcast. Check out that now, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to have, hope everybody has a great St. Patrick's Day. Here is Triple H's theme song, The Game, by Motorhead. Enjoy. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. And are you playing?